Amen. Thank you, choir. Man, let me, we, there is something that we say as believers on Easter Sunday. We say, he is risen. We reply back, he is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen now that was good, but we can do better, I believe. Let's say it with joy. He is risen. That is a good news that we get to celebrate. And listen, we are celebrating with our brothers and sisters around the world, billions strong, who today are celebrating that Jesus Christ is resurrected from the grave. It is literally the inflection point of all human history. It is why we have joy to sing today is because Jesus Christ is alive. Amen. Amen. And I'm so glad we get to celebrate together. Listen, if you've got a Bible, grab it. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If you've got a copy of God's Word, go ahead and grab it. We will put it up on the screen here in just a few minutes. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 is where we're going to begin. Oh, I'm doing it again. Man, I did this first service again. While you're returning there, you're going to need more hands. We're going to continue our worship through giving our tithes and offerings. So if you look to your left, you will see a basket. And if you would go ahead and pass that to your right and some ushers will come and pick that up, I may figure that out by the third service. We'll see. But we are glad that you are here. And again, this is for our members and attenders here at Double Oak. If you're a guest with us, do not feel any obligation to give. But as we continue to worship God through giving, we want to go ahead and do that. Thank you guys. Listen, it really is good to see everyone. Easter is always a special Sunday. Uh, it is, like we said before, it is one of those few times where the whole church typically comes on one Sunday. Uh, we are missing weeks here and there, but Easter is just one of those times everybody says, no, on that Sunday, we're all going to come. So you kind of see everybody together, which is always good to see. Uh, and then secondly, like we said before, we know that we have guests and visitors. Welcome again. You might be coming in to see some family or you may have traveled in. So we always have guests uh, who are here with us at Easter. Uh, but then thirdly, uh, this is a little unique for this year. This might be the time you're really coming back into the swing of things. We have had a crazy couple years with COVID, and this might be your re-entry point to say, okay, listen, it seems like we're really kind of getting back into real life now, and I've been seeing people all year long, and even in the past few weeks, they say, hey, we're finally back. This is kind of our entry point. We want to get back into a normal rhythm, and after two years of chaos, we're kind of getting back into the swing of things, and that is exciting. Welcome back. That's kind of where you have been. But as we do so, we've got to start answering some questions because we're all in this rebuilding phase, are we not? As we get back to normal, we have to ask ourselves some questions. Okay, why am I going to do what I'm doing? Do I just want to go back to everything I was doing pre-pandemic or have I discovered some things? You see, the pandemic gave us an opportunity, terrible as it was, it, it afforded us the opportunity to say, hey, why do I do what I do? Why am I involved in all of these different things? Is everything exactly how I want it to be or should I make some changes? And some of you might have discovered, you say, hey, listen, I want to be spending more time with family and less time at work. I want to do more travel. I want to do some different things. I want to invest more in in different things. And you might now need to be making some choices. And you need to make them fast because things are getting back to normal fairly quickly. They really are. I'm surprised at how quickly we have gotten busy again. Anybody else notice that? We were busy before, there was a lull, and already we are busy getting busy. We're just busy all the time. So many things are happening. And look, some of the things we do want to get back to that are just the same. 
sports are coming back online and say, hey, I want to go and, and do sports. Okay, we're hanging out. You might be coming back here and say, hey, man, I want to get back into the, the rhythm here. Maybe your jobs, hours of remote work, you're getting back and say, hey, man, I, I want to do that again. Honestly, this is nice. This is good to be able to worship in this room. It has been three years since we have done Easter Sunday in this room. Think about that. Three years since this has happened. It's nice to get back to things that are the same, but also some things are different. If you came in today and said, wow, okay, the commons is different. You might look around the room and see different faces and say, okay, wow, the church is a little bit different. You go back to work and say, okay, wow, it's the same, but some things are different and that's all right. But we need to be asking these questions like same or different. We need to be purposeful and say, why am I living my life the way I am living it? What is this all about? And specifically this morning, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I want to ask you this. Are you living in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ? However you live that out and whatever you're doing in your life, ask yourself this question. Are you living in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ? Because this is why he has died and risen again. He is inviting each and every one of us to live in his resurrection life. And that's why we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Now, you'll notice this is not one of the traditional Easter passages. This is not one of the resurrection stories. And I would actually encourage you today with your family to sit down and read one of those or even all of those. You'll read about how Jesus, after the last supper with his disciples, was arrested, was put through mock trials. We celebrated that on Monday, Thursday. And then on Good Friday, Jesus Christ was crucified. He was tortured. He was abused. He was mocked and then murdered. They lifted him up on a cross until he died, and they put him in a grave. And through a turbulent, silent Saturday until finally on Easter Sunday morning, the first resurrection Sunday, Jesus did what no one has ever done. He rose from the grave. He conquered death itself. No one has ever done this on their own power. He conquers death, rises from the grave, and then ascends back into heaven. But this is not simply something that we commemorate. This is not simply something that we remember. This has changed everything. Because Jesus did not simply rise from the grave. He is now offering resurrection life through him. And you can experience that today. And so look what happens. Look at what has come about because of what Jesus has done. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is what Jesus Christ has done for us. You see, he did not simply die. That would be admirable. Jesus gave his life for us. Many people, though, have laid down their lives for others in the course of human history. It would be incredibly admirable for Jesus to have died for us. He did not simply raise from the dead. That is astounding. 
that has never been done by anybody. We could honor that and say, this is an amazing, incredible thing that you have done. But Jesus did not simply die. He did not simply rise again. He rose again with resurrection life that he then offers to you and me. You see, he is inviting us into the resurrection. He said, I didn't do this just to show off. He says, no, I did this for you. When I died on the cross, I died for you. It was your sins I died for. And when I rose from the grave, he didn't simply ascend back into heaven to do whatever he wishes. He says, no, I want to give this resurrection life to you. And when he does so, look what it says in the first verse. He says, listen, all things are becoming new. The old has passed away. The new has come. This has changed everything. When Jesus Christ died, things changed. When he died on the cross, the temple, the curtain in the temple ripped in two. The Lord was now not isolated over here in the Holy of Holies. No, now he was going to spread out into all the earth. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit falls, not just on a select few, but on anybody who put their faith in Jesus Christ. His spirit now indwells his people. These are the first Christians as we know them. And then the kingdom of God begins to move out throughout the world. Tim Keller in his book, Hope in Times of Fear, says this, that the resurrection begins the kingdom of God. The resurrection begins the kingdom of God. It's not fully realized yet, but it is beginning the spirit-filled kingdom of God on earth. It began at the resurrection of Christ and has been moving through history. And now he is saying, will you live in this resurrection life? Not simply know about it but to live in Jesus Christ. This is the spirit-filled life, the transformed life that Jesus Christ died and rose again to give to us. And so I ask you again, are you living in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ? You say, well, what does it look like? What what, what happens in the resurrection life of Christ? Let me give you just a, a few things. First off is this, it is a new kind of life. It is a new kind of life. Verse 17 again, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When you and I become believers in Jesus Christ, we do not simply become adherents to a philosophy. We are not simply people who agree with a theology. We are people who have been transformed and indwelt by Jesus Christ. It is a new kind of life. One that has now lived in him and not simply in ourselves. You see, before you become a true spirit-filled Christian, we are the center of our world. And we may like God, but we are in the driver's seat. We make the decisions. We go where we want to go. We do where we want to do. And we may want to have God with us. It's fine to have him adjacent with us. We might even talk to him or pray to him or even include him in some of our decisions. But at the end of the day, we are still the ones making all the calls. We are still the ones in control of our life. When you and I come to faith in Jesus Christ, we recognize we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And we therefore surrender and give our lives to Jesus. He then indwells us by his spirit. This is no longer us and God. This is us in God. That is the resurrection life. He wants us to live in him, with him, through him. We are now in a vital, real relationship with the God of the universe who indwells us, leads us, guides us. It is a different kind of life. We don't settle with simply knowing about God. We want to live in God. It's a new kind of life. Here's the second thing. You get new peace. You get new peace. Why? Because this life is eternal. It is eternal life. This is a life that will never end. 
This is a life now that does not have an expiration date. It does not have an end point in your life. No, this life now goes on forever. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It will say this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Do you see all that life? We're born again, a new life, a new kind of life to a living hope. Not a dead hope, not a maybe hope, a secure, living hope that will never be disappointed through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He has risen. He has conquered death, which means this, if I am in Christ, I will never die. He tells this to his disciples. He says, anybody who believes in me, though he die, yet will he live. In fact, anybody who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do we believe that he is the resurrection and the life? That death has no power over him? Because listen, if Jesus Christ has conquered death and he's alive and I am in him, then what that means is I will never die. I will never have to face an eternal death because I am in the one who has conquered death itself. Now look, we're going to face a physical death, but here's how that changes things for me. Look, I'm not looking forward to death. I do not want it to happen tomorrow. Uh, I'm not looking forward to the process, but I will tell you this. I am not afraid of death. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you do not have to be afraid of death. Why? You're not dying. You are in the resurrected Savior. You are in the one who will never die, which means I don't have to fear death. Question, do you fear death? Like late at night, do you fear death? Are you really worried about it? That should tell you something about your faith. Because if you are in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ, I don't have to enjoy death. I don't have to look forward to death. But I certainly don't have to fear death because I'm in the one who's already conquered it. I have peace. I have eternal life in Jesus Christ. I have new peace in him. Here's the third thing. You get a new body. You get a new body. Now, this is one of those things that you don't get fully until when Jesus returns in the full resurrection. But hearing what I just said, that we're gonna have eternal life, you might be looking at the body you have now and watching it decay over time and say, Adam, if I'm gonna live forever, we got a problem. Because I don't think this body's gonna last that long. I don't think it's gonna take me into eternity. Things are already starting to not work here. So how am I going to do that? Well, because of this, you're gonna get a new physical body. When Jesus Christ rose from the grave, he did not rise as a spirit. Scripture speaks directly to this. He is not a ghost. He says, no, I rose physically from the grave. He died physically. He rose physically from the grave. He says, touch my hands and see. Touch my side. Give me some fish. I'll eat it right here in front of you. He rises physically from the grave. But interestingly, he looks different. The Bible doesn't describe what he looks like, but people have trouble recognizing him after the resurrection. Mary confuses him for the gardener. Two guys on the road to Emmaus, they can't figure him out at all. And the apostles at a hundred yards when he's on shore don't recognize that it's Jesus. He looks different. Now, it's clearly Jesus. He's got the marks on him. It's clearly Jesus, but he's different. Why? Because he's got a brand new body. 
Now, some of this we ought to be able to understand, and specifically after the pandemic, I think we all can relate to this just a little bit, because you might be having this experience, I know I am, but where you're starting to see people like two years later, like people you know, but it's been like two years, and when you see them again, they look different, right? I've had this with some of you, but it's different. Like you, you have this experience where you see somebody going, oh, is that... Are you, is that, is that them? Really? Oh, it is you. Oh, hi. And you, you have this thing where you recognize them, but you don't recognize them. Maybe you see them now and they have just a lot more hair than they did before, right? They, they had short hair and now their hair is long, right? Your hair is long. Some people, you've never had a beard before and now you have a beard, right? You look different with a beard, right? You got this big beard. Some of you have less hair than you did before and that's okay too, right? You might just have less hair than you did before and that's fine. Some of you got super trim during the pandemic, which is awesome. You look great. It's amazing. Some of us did not get trim during the pandemic. You look great. You look awesome. It's all, it's great. It's fine. But you look different than you did two years ago. Time goes by and you look different. Okay, well, Jesus has been through this experience. He is different. Why? He's got a brand new body. Now look, for some of us, and especially as we get older in life, this is very important. I was talking to somebody right over here a little while back and they said this, hey, getting old is not for the faint of heart. It's tough because the older that you get, students, you'll begin to figure this out. The older that you get, the harder that it gets because your body begins to wage a rebellion against you. Things that you used to could do, you no longer can do anymore. You used to go exactly where you wanted to go. You drove wherever you wanted to drive. Then you realize you can't drive at night anymore. Then you get to a place where you just can't even drive. And now somebody has to take you places. You used to play sports. You used to beat everybody else. Then they started to beat you. Then you realize you just can't play sports anymore. Your body won't let you do that anymore. Organs begin to fail. Sight begins to dim. And for some of us, sadly, even some of our memories begin to leave and our minds begin to betray us. We are made of dust and to dust we will return. This body is not going to last. But this particular body is not all of who I am. And Jesus Christ says, no, I'm going to take that dust and transform it and give you a brand new body. This is what you get in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ, a physical life that does not end. This is what he gives to us. Fourthly, though, and look, all of those things that are kind of just window dressing. These are just kind of bonus things that we get. But here's the core of what we get. We get a new relationship with God. We get a new relationship with God. Look at verse 19. It says, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. He is reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. Here's what Jesus is doing through his death and resurrection. He says, you used to be an enemy of God, but I'm going to forgive all of your sins. I am going to pay the penalty for all of your sins. Whereas there used to be wrath and enmity between us because of what Jesus Christ has done and because we are in the perfect, righteous Christ Jesus, we can now have a reconciled relationship with, Jesus, with the Lord God of the universe. You can know without a doubt exactly how God feels about you. And look, that is important because for some of us, we don't simply fear death, we fear God. Because late at night, we find ourselves in a place where we said, I don't, I don't know how I feel about God and I really don't know how God feels about me. 
For some of us, we've just decided maybe that God doesn't exist. That might be you here. You say, Adam, I came today because my family member wanted me to come. But in reality, Adam, I just don't want to deal with God. I don't want to, I don't want to pretend he doesn't exist. And, and so I just don't think he's there. If you dig down underneath that, what you will really find is that there's some fear there, a question, but what if he does? But what if he does? And we have reason to fear Because when you and I begin to dig into that, you'll begin to recognize, hey, if he's the true righteous God of the universe, you look at your life and realize that we aren't. It's a hard thing to come face to face with your sin, which is why we ignore that too, don't we? We have canceled the concept of sin. We don't like it, so we redefine it. There is no sin. It's just what I want to do. You do what you want to do. I'll do what I want to do. No such thing as sin anymore. If I decided it's not sin, it must not be sin. I make all the rules. Dig down underneath and you'll recognize that that's not true. And sooner or later, we are going to have to face a righteous judge. That desire for justice that we all have in our hearts, it comes from God. And one day, we will all face a judgment dispassionately, perfectly, righteously, and we will all fail. Me, you, All of us, nobody stands in that court. It's a hard thing to come face to face with our sin and recognize that we have not done all things well. We have done some good things and we have done some terrible things. And before the Lord, we cannot stand. And so the questions come up. Have I done enough? Does he care about me? Have I failed too many times? Does he really love me? Is he really going to help me? And when you have those questions, you can look to the cross of Jesus Christ and recognize that he has died for all of your sins and thus you can be reconciled to God. Look at the end in verse 21. It says, he will make him who knew no sin to be sin. This is how far he's gone. He says, I have taken all of your sins, past, present, and future. You never have to worry, not even for the things you have done, no matter what they are, who you are, where you've been, what you've done, or even what you might do in the future. He says, I have seen all of it. I know about all of it. You've hidden it from everybody, but I know all of it, and I've also died for all of it. I have forgiven you for all of it. I can give you reconciliation with God. This is what Jesus Christ has done. We haven't earned it. We could never deserve it. He just gives it by his grace. And he asks us to receive it and thus live in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ because he died and was resurrected again. You can have peace with God, a brand new relationship with him. Look at Romans chapter eight, verse one. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're a believer in him, that's you zero condemnation you can bank on it why because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ there's no condemnation for us a new relationship you also get fifthly a new transformation a new transformation look back at verse 21 it says for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God become See, when the Lord forgives us, he does not simply say, all right, I've wiped your slate clean. Try not to do that again, and I'll see you at the end times. He doesn't just leave us here. He says, no, I saved you on purpose. I want you to be in me, the eternal life. I'm not saving it for later. I want you to start now. I want you to be transformed. I want you to become like me. If you've been with us the past two months, we've been talking about this. We are learning how to be a repenting people, even as believers. Why? Because we want to turn away from the sin that leads to destruction. And instead, I want to sow to the spirit. Because when I do so, God does the supernatural. He begins to transform us. 
We actually change from who we were more into the likeness of God himself. And as you live in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ, things begin to change. You begin to see the fruit of the spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The very attributes of God, he begins to build inside of you. See, some of us assume, oh, that's all on me. I got to do that. Well, you don't have the power to do that. Some of you say, Adam, that can't happen to me. You don't understand. I've tried. You don't understand what I've done. You don't understand where I've been in life. It's just been too long. I've lived too many years. I'm in too much of a rut. I cannot change. Here's the great news of the resurrection. Jesus Christ has conquered death itself. The power of the God who conquers death lives in you by Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. And if that power lives in you, then yes, we can change. Not by what we do, by what he can do. I can be transformed. You can't get that anywhere else in the universe. But in Jesus Christ, because of his death and resurrection, you can be transformed as you live in him, as you grow in him, as you love him. He transforms us to become more like him. And then finally, you get new security. You get new security because you can finally put the question to bed, am I loved? Because God for all time has said this, the answer is yes. For all time and for all eternity, yes. There is nothing else in all of creation that can take you away from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's literally no power in the universe that can change it. God has already looked into your future. He knows everything you are ever going to do. And he said this, I have died for all of it because I love you. You can't scare him away. He will never abandon you. He is never going to throw you away. He already knows. He's already paid for it. And he says this, I love you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for you. You are loved. We keep running around the world trying to find out other people, other places, other accolades, other achievements, other, other things we can buy. But the God of the universe has already said, I died for you. I rose again and I am now offering this to you. It's the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. Would you come find life in me? And so I ask you again, are you living in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ? Are you living in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ? Because he will not force this on you. He won't. He's not going to force you to live in the resurrection. You get to make that call. And if you want to live life on your own, you can. But how do you think that's going to turn out? Look, if you want to try to change the world all by yourself, go for it. You will do some good things. You'll help a few people. You really will. But you better get to work. You know why? Because you're going to die someday. And you have zero idea how much time is left on the clock. You don't know. So you better do your best right now. But understand that it's probably not going to last very long, no matter who you help. I challenge anybody to tell me something incredible that happened 400 years ago, or 700, or 1300. The things we do today will help a few people, but will not last on into eternity. Or you can... Give your life to Jesus Christ and build his kingdom, which lasts forever. And sees people transformed forever. Do you want to live life on your own terms? Go for it. You can do that. 
You can continue to make all the choices that you want to make. You can do exactly what you want to do, but please understand, there will come a judgment day. Because this life that you and I have was not manufactured by us. It was a gift. And we will stand account for what we have done with it. That day is coming. And you can either stand on your own merits or you can stand in the merits of Jesus Christ, the perfect son of God, who offers his righteousness to you. Which would you prefer? You can say, no, Adam, I just want to do my own life. Maybe I'll talk to God later, but I just want to do my own thing. I want to make my own choices. I don't want to rely on anybody. I do my own thing. Go for it. Just please understand, there's not enough money in the world that can insulate you from all the travails of this life. There's still no cure for cancer. You cannot insulate yourself from all accidents that happen in this world. And sooner or later, death will come calling and you can't stop it. True for everybody. And what will we do then with all the things that we have amassed? We are not truly in control. We have been enslaved to sin, but praise be to God that he died on the cross, saving us from our sins, forgiving us, setting us free, but even greater has put his life in his children that we might live in him in his resurrection life. And so I want to speak to all of us this morning. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, can I just encourage all of us, let us continue to dive deep into the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. Let's not simply chase after more knowledge or more achievement, but more love in him, more experience of him. Are we living in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ as he has changed us and brought us forward? There's so much more for us to experience in him. Let us continue to press on into him, chasing after the resurrection life of Jesus. There's some of you here today, though, you say, Adam, I know I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, but maybe for the past year, two years or longer, you've been wandering. You're not living in that resurrection life. You've been wandering, distracted. You you got kind of discombobulated by the pandemic, and now you don't know where you are. And I wonder if today is the day you finally come home. It's time to stop wandering. It's time to stop wasting time giving in to the flesh and and reaping all of the death and destruction that comes with sin. What if today is the day that you didn't simply decide to say, hey, I want to come back to church. You said this, I want to come back and live in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. Don't come back to a habit. Don't come back to a pattern. Come back to a deeper life in the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. This is what he invites you to. And the door is still wide open. Why don't you come home and start it today? But then for some of you in this room, let's just get real honest. When you dig down deep in your core, you know that you have never had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Many of you may have grown up in church, you know about God, you may have said a few prayers to God, but when we get down to the core, you know without a doubt you've never surrendered your life to him. You've always kept the reins. You've never truly given your life to Jesus Christ. And I have the greatest news in the universe to tell you. That door is wide open and Jesus Christ is seeking after you. Because once he died on the cross, he rose again, ascended to heaven, and then he has been sending his spirit, pursuing you your entire life. For some of you, for decades. I've seen people who've been running from God for decades come to faith in Christ over the past couple months. And maybe today is finally the day that we stopped giving lip service to it. We stopped pretending that we were okay on our own. We stopped wasting yet another year of life. Could today be the day that you finally looked at Jesus Christ, saw your sin, stopped trying to fix it on your own and said, Jesus, I need you because you died for me. 
You love me. When you rose from the grave, you are now inviting me into your resurrection life. And if you're willing to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you can be saved too. That is what he offers to you. Not religion, not rituals, not tradition, not even beliefs. He offers you himself and a brand new life in him. What would hold you back from giving your life to him today? Don't wait. Why would you wait? Why would you waste another year running away from him? What if today you recognized the love and grace of a forgiving savior and found the resurrection life he made you for? So do this one. Bow your heads and close your eyes where you're at. We're going to close in worship in just a moment. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, for all of us in this room, let's just ask that question again. Are you, are you living in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ? Don't just commemorate it today. Don't just remember it. He died not to show off. He died so that you could experience resurrection life in him. And he is inviting all of you into that life. I wonder if even right now, believer, you can just yet again surrender your heart anew and say, God, I want to go further up and further in. Father, you take me deeper into your resurrection life. If you've been drifting, make a choice today. A real world live choice today and say, I am tired of wandering. I'm tired of the pig pit. I'm tired of wasting time. Jesus, today I return to you. Cleanse me of my sin. Forgive me. And Father, I, I, I need you. And come back home into the arms of Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you do not know him right now, right now, by faith, can you lift your heart to him and say, Jesus, I need you. I've played the game. I've tried to do my own thing. I have faked it. But we both know that I never gave my life to you. But you still never gave up on me. And so Jesus, I choose right now. I need you. Forgive me. Help me. But I give up. I surrender. I need new life in you. Could you just tell him that from your heart right now? Right now. Don't wait. Don't say I'll think about it later. Right now. By faith, tell him that. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything weird. By faith, lift that up to the Lord even right now and say, Jesus, I give my life to you. And experience the resurrection life that he made you for. And so, Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, for this life that we don't deserve. Thank you for what you give to us. Father, I thank you for a forgiveness we could never earn. And that even when we fail along the way, Lord, you never get impatient with us. You never cast us away. Lord, thank you. Lord, I pray for anybody here today who does not know you, that today would be the day of salvation where they leave knowing that they have resurrection life in the living Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for this incredible opportunity. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Stand up with us. Let's worship as we begin to close. I'll be here if you'd like to pray. I'd love to pray with you. But let's worship him today.